This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Quarter past 12 and that is time for finance. Barry Preston joining us. Barry, how's the world of finance looking at the moment? We've got plenty of things happening. <laughs> it's been a very volatile week. And, uh, yes, up and our, down. Uh, well, up and down. As we often say, if you look at the markets on a, on a daily basis, uh, it can be very, very um, happy. You can feel happy and you can also feel very sad or down um, because they're volatile. But what we talk about there, of course, is noise in the market. And uh, speculators probably feel that more than the longer-term investor. But if the longer-term investor starts looking at the market on that daily basis, they're all over the place and wondering what the heck's going on. So first of all, let's have a look at... Um, uh, the markets, our commodities, our cost of our commodities, and gold. Australian one ounce, 1449 That's up $50 from what it was last week. That's 1449 Australian for one ounce. Silver, $35.75. And that, of course, is ahead about $3 also from compared to last week. Copper, interesting, 8605 That's also up about $200 Australian. Nickel, a ton, 22227 That's down nearly $900 Australian. Tin, tins, 26311 That's up, oh, sorry, that's down about $300. But overall, tin uh, during the week has an actual fact gone up by uh, $1,100, I think. It's quite funny because of the movements in the currencies. Tin, uh, within the week, it's gone up and down so forth. But if you look at it on a weekly basis, not that much change. And if you look at it over a longer basis, then you can see there's a general trend up in tin. <laughs> so we we have to stop thinking of it as being a tinny metal, don't we? Well, yes, sense. for the simple reason that tin is not what we think tin is. Um, I think it's it comes valuable. from uh, we see a tin, tin can in in the in the paddock all rusting and so forth, and that's what we think tin is. Tin is nothing to do with it whatsoever. If you look at a pewter in a, in a jewellery shop, you'll find that's got tin in it. Um, so tin is uh, becoming a more sexy metal, but I think there's a long way to go before it becomes as, uh, you know, uh, like the copper, the yellow metal, is, or the red metal, as they call copper. Mm. Uh, tin's a grey colour. Mm. But tin is very rare. You don't find much tin in, uh, in big heaps. That helps its popularity. So keep an eye on that. And there are a number of tin stocks on the Australian Stock Exchange that people could have a look at. Now, with your Australian $1, you would get a dollar and 53 US, 64.6 uh, 64. uh, British pence. New Zealand, great, yeah, a dollar 31.9. Euros, 0. 74.7. Uh, well, now, hang on, 0.74. 0.74, yeah, oh, 74 euro cents. Yes, 74 euro cents, if you want to call it that. And Canada, would you believe there was exactly no change in what it was last week, a dollar and three. So that's what you'd get for your Australian dollar. Now, the markets, the All Ordinaries Index, this time last week was uh, 47.65, closed yesterday at 46.61, and it's just back over the 4,700 mark. So that's uh, down 104 points on the week, <clears throat> or 2%. The USA, 12,394, that's down approximately 166 or 1.3%. The FTSE, the UK market, 5,870, that's down 53 or 0.9. The Japanese market... That's probably the biggest faller during the week, from 9,662 to 9,422, 240 points down or 2.5. The Hang Seng, the Hong Kong market, 
down 264 or 1.5 to 22,747. Petrol, probably a little bit of an increase in the petrol price. Uh, last week it was 100.1. Uh, this one is 101.32. <clears throat> which is equivalent to $96.22 Australian. Now, if I could find what I did with the oil pearl, the petrol price. Yeah, that's always interesting. The cheapest one is Albury, 137.5 for unleaded and 147.2 for diesel. Uh, often the Central Coast is much is cheaper than Newcastle, but in this case it's probably uh, mm, one, it may be a, one and a half cents. I don't know, but... Uh, well, no, sorry, one cent. Not much difference in that. Newcastle's 140.8 for unleaded. Diesel 151.1. And, of course, the most expensive, Mudgee, 155 for unleaded and diesel 162.4. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> people are wanting to know what volatility is. I picked a commodity, silver. When we talk about uh, silver, it took six months for silver to, silver to go from $26.50 an ounce Australian to $44.85, the highest it's been for quite many years. It's, it took six months, yet two weeks to go from $44.85 down to $31.40, and now it's back up to $35.57. So silver's all over the place. It's when you look at volatility, volatility on a daily basis can be very frightening. So we won't. We'll think about it and we'll be talking about gold and silver a little bit later on today and uh, whether they're a good investment or not. And if so, how do you go about it? Here comes the sun. It's almost here. In fact, it's come out outside my window and that's George Benson on 2 and you are FM 25 past 12. And why not shine the sun on some companies at the moment? Because Barry Preston in finance has company news for us. But first of all, our comments made during our program are for general discussion and you must always seek your own advice and a product disclosure statement must be obtained and considered before obtaining a financial product. Staff associated with Pritchard and Partners may hold or trade shares in companies mentioned on this program. Our financial services licence is 246712. Okay, there's always lots of news on the market and... I'm, I'm tr- I try to uh, bring in a certain number of big companies and smaller companies that we may not hear of a lot, but there's uh, a lot of little companies that are doing wonderful things in their own uh, markets and so forth that we probably never, ever hear of. First of all, Santos, which is a fairly big uh, oil company, it announced an oil discovery in the Finucan South area of the Carnarvon Basin. That's offshore in Western Australia. Uh, testings confirmed a net oil column of 18 metres in excellent quality reservoir sands. The Oil Discovery is located approximately 7 kilometres from a current Fletcher oil field and approximately 14 kilometres from existing oil production facilities. And you know, once upon a time, when an announcement like that came out, it would send the market into a frenzy. It was a oh, um, sort of thing. Yeah, what's next? Do we have too many mining and resources? No, I, I don't think so, but I think people have... Discoveries. Uh, well, once upon a time, uh, Australia didn't have any oil discoveries, and then BHP, of course, and the Bass Strait started, and then when somebody found oil, the market went berserk. Oil, you know, black gold, but not anymore. Mm. Interesting. This morning... Pay TV provider Foxtel has made a bid for Ostar United Communications, valuing, valuing the target company at $1.93 billion. Foxtel has offered $1.52 in cash for the regional operator. That's $1.52 per share in cash for the regional operator. Uh, and it's a little bit different to its closing price on Wednesday of $1.26.9. It didn't jump to $1.52. It only went up to $1.39. Interesting. The high point for the year has been $1.46 and 
low 83.5. It was listed in uh, July 1999. Hmm. Now, the Reserve Bank, um, there's... um, a rise in borrowing has made Australian households more sensitive to changes in interest rates. Well, that's quite common. But a rise in savings at the same time may save them, a central bank official says. That was the Deputy Governor, Rick Ballantino. He told a conference of uh, annual stockbrokers in, on Thursday that many homeowners who entered the market in 2009 may struggle to meet loan repayments if interest rates rise. He said the concern is that some of these borrowers may have overcommitted themselves financially in order to enter the market and are now vulnerable to rising interest rates. I think uh, we brought that up on Terry McCran many times. In this environment, Mr. Valentino said there would be uh, no enthusiasm for increasing debt. That's from the people who are borrowing. And this may ease pressure on the Reserve Bank to increase official interest rates. Interesting. Um, also, we, he, he mentioned commodities. The Deputy Governor said that uh, he dismissed any notion of a commodity price bubble. Well, that's easy enough to say, but uh, do we know if it is or not? He said the word bubble is a very emotive term and there is no doubt that the world economy is very strong. Uh, probably a lot of people would disagree with him that also. But last year the economy grew by 5%. Mm. There is no doubt there is a bit of speculative activity still in commodities, but fundamentally it's very strong demand that's driving this. We're going to have a look at that later. Uh, Ask about the risks to the Australian economy from overseas. Mr Ballantino said that the Reserve Bank shared general concern that the government debts or government debts levels in the world were too high. Well, that's blatant obvious, isn't it, I think, because we've seen that with Spain, uh, Greece uh, and Italy. Portugal. Italy's in there now. Mm. Portugal. Italy's the having prob- troubles too. Mm. Pardon? Italy as well. Now, yes. Uh, the problem is what to do with it. Government debt is a fairly hard issue to deal with. Probably not to get there in the first place, but that's another story. <laughs> Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Little companies that we don't know much about. Two of them I looked at. Uh, Helicon is to evaluate a breakthrough in drug delivery technology. Uh, it's signed an agreement with an Australian development group, Ausfarma Proprietary Limited, and the technology is designed to enhance the desired effect and provide safer delivery of approved pharmaceutical ingredients through lower doses, which would be great, thereby reducing untoward side effects. Uh, and apparently it's something that you can place under your tongue or in the cavity of the mouth somewhere and it gets it there very quickly and doesn't cause any problems in the tummy. Another one, therapeutic uh, Tissue Therapies, this is an interesting little company. Uh, It's listed on the Australian Securities Exchange. It's an Australian company developing biomedical technologies for wound healing uh, and tissue repair and various cell culture. Um, It's a platform technology developed by tissue engineering experts at the Institute of Health and Bio biomedical innovation at Queensland University of Technology for enhancing cell growth and it's a lot to do with with people who suffer leg ulcers um, wound chronic wound healing and they have trouble with those sort of things so there's two little companies that we don't hear much about Car sales is going to buy back some shares, 10% of its issued capital over the next year to give uh, flexibility in capital management. The buyback would cost car sales com around $106 million and the board considers that it is appropriate to establish the buyback program to give car sales the flexibility to repurchase shares on an opportunistic basis. What that means is once they, if their shares are coming down and they can buy them back cheaper, it's better for them to do that because the money that they have in the kitty at the moment would reduce the number of shares and the people who don't sell, when they keep making the same profits, will get a bigger dividend. 
Bobby Rydell on 2NURFM. It's 25 to 1 and, well, Barry Preston, you're just going to have to stop cha-chaing around and start thinking about finance again. That's the topic of our program. Hang on till I find my seat. There we go. I'm sitting. Well done. Gold and silver. Now, a number of people have asked you about buying gold or silver. And, of course, if you've got a question you'd like to put to Barry, finance at 2NURFM.com will get your question through to him. So if you're thinking that gold or silver might be a good investment, what do they do? First of all, if people make sure they've got a pen and paper ready, and uh, I'll give them a website in a moment to have a look at one of our um, mints, <clears throat> a mint where they make money and all that sort of stuff. Look, there are probably three ways, unless you're a, an experience, unless you're uh, mad keen for adventure and go and buy yourself a metal detector. And a lot of people, the grey nomads are doing this in actual fact. They throw one in the back of their caravan and away they go. And I've had a number of clients come in and show me gold nuggets that they've been successful in finding. Oh, very, man. very exciting. But you can buy the physical metal. We'll have a look at that. You can buy shares or buy ASX, meaning the Australian Securities Exchange, traded commodity securities. Okay, so let's start with the first, the physical metal, the actual metal. This is the physical metal. Now, physical metal probably is the least effective from an investment viewpoint. If you're interested in having a look at uh, physical metals, probably, uh, and there may be more, but I've just picked up the Perth Mint, W-W-W, as they say, Perth, P-E-R-T-H-M-I-N-T, perthmint.com.au. Look, if you go in there and have a look, there's a fabulous array. It's it's a smorgasbord. Keep your credit card. Don't t- t- touch that. Keep that away. Yeah. But go in and have a look. There's a there's a, a fabulous thing. And I noticed this morning, I just or last night I flicked on it, and they've got a 2011 Royal Wedding one-ounce silver-proof coin. There's so many things you can buy. There's ingots, there's coins, and there's so forth. But that's probably... Uh, well, we'll have a look at that as we go through. But another one, unless you uh, take a fancy to jewellery, or you do like jewellery, uh, jewellery can also be a way of buying precious metals. But I would suggest you buy from the most reputable jeweller you know. I, uh, that's a personal decision, buying jewellery, of course. Mm-hmm. There are some advantages. Uh, you can see it. That's the physical thing. You can touch it. You can enjoy it. It may increase in value. Coins are a nice item and a great talking point. And there are, look, there are, there are many of other advantages, but we're only doing a brief few of them. Some disadvantages. When it's time to sell, and we're talking about the physical metal here, when it's time to sell, <coughs> pardon me, who will buy from you at the price you bought it? Because remember, when you bought it, the people who sold it to you made a profit. So when it's time for you to sell, you're hoping that it had gone up in value, but it may not have. And the person who's going to buy it from you will also want to get it at the cheapest rate, and they'll need to knock it back. Okay, coins may be worth $500, and you may only get 450 but you can buy, buy coins that have an actual face value, uh, and they've got metal content in it. You're bu- either buying them for the face value or the metal content. That's something you'd have to decide when you went to buy them. Storage. Mm-hmm, You've got to keep it somewhere, haven't you? You've got to. Insurance, theft, and you could even lose it. You may wear it over time if it's jewellery, but it may be less valuable. And if you play with the coins, definitely less valuable. Now, mm. that's uh, looking at it purely from 
the physical point of view. But a lot of people love the physical. I know we have clients that have come in and said, look, we've got this nugget of gold. We've had it in a sock and used it as a doorstop. Now, that's true. They've had a kilo of gold, of sorry, silver, as a doorstop that they bought 30 years ago, and they're trying to find places to buy it now. And it is not easy because has it been tampered with? Has it been drilled and some taken out of the middle? Very difficult. Mm. So there are lots of advantages and there are lots of disadvantages. It's a personal decision with physical metal. We're talking finance with Barry Preston and we're talking gold and silver. So we've looked at buying physical metal, the physical precious metal. So the second way you mentioned of getting hold of some gold is buying shares in gold companies. How about that? This, uh, you're not getting gold, of course, you're just getting a piece of paper, but uh, there are many shares listed on the ASX or the Australian Securities Exchange. Some are exploration companies. They're the ones out there, not with the metal detector, of course, but other things, um, radioactive uh, surveys, uh, aerial surveys. They're still looking. In other words, they're speculating that they may find gold or they may find zilch. Some are producing gold. These are companies listed on the ASX that are actually physically producing gold, but they may not yet have paid any dividends. And some have both gold and silver and other precious metals like platinum or uh, palladium. So there are a smorgasbord of companies listed on the ASX. Speak to your broker. Um, just because they may have the word gold in it, the word gold in their heading may not necessarily mean that they are gold, you know, producing gold or whatever the case may be. Get some information. What about advantages? Well, you can buy and sell readily. Uh, subject, of course, to buyers and sellers, and that's the same with the physical gold and silver, etc., and precious metals. You can see the value every minute, whereas your physical gold, you can't. You really don't know what it's worth. Um, you may get a dividend. Some gold-producing companies are producing dividends, and you don't have any storage or worry about safety, and there's no ongoing costs. Any disadvantages? Oh, yes. There are cost brokers on buys and sells. Now, if an exploration company may find zero gold, then your investment in that company may be uh, zero also. Uh, often the market value, often the value of that gold stock may fall with market sentiment. Not necessarily uh, because the gold's not falling, but market sentiment. I saw a couple of companies on the stock exchange recently. Um, the value of gold was going up because, but because the market was in a, a pooey mood, for want of a better description, <laughs> the company shares were going down. But whereas if you would have panicked and sold them, not good. They've gone back up again now because gold at this stage, gold was going up and it's still going up slightly. Um, it's crazy. The fear takes over and the general market can push down a lot of prices of shares purely because that's the mood of the market at the time. There are many others, um, many, many other advantages and disadvantages, and a lot of it is to do with the personal situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the third way of getting your hands on some gold that you mentioned was uh, buying ASX exchange-traded commodities. 
Just what are these? Now, exchange-traded commodities are traded on the Australian Securities Exchange and there are a number of them. Strangely enough, and this must be the greatest innovation I've seen, one of them has got the, in, uh, the, uh, the code of G-O-L-D. <laughs> that's clever. It's the code, that's it. If you put G-O-L-D.ASX into your computer when you're in the ASX website, up it'll come. And you own one-tenth of an ounce of gold at the Australian dollar value. Now, that gold is held in a London vault, and the custodian is the HSBC Bank USA. Mm-hmm. Silver, ETMAG. Now, ET meaning exchange traded, P, precious metal, PM, AG is the code for silver, the scientific code like gold's AU, silver's AG. Tin, would you believe, is SN. Anyway, and this is an exchange traded physical metal, one ounce, and there are others. Platinum, uh, palladium, one-tenth of an ounce of that metal, and would you believe there are a number of others on there that represent a basket of precious metals, gold, platinum, palladium, and silver. I'm not sure about the silver one. Mm -hmm. Now, they're introducing them all the time, and there's another one that came on only recently. It it, uh, came on in December 2010, PM Gold, PM Perth Mint Gold, Uh representing one one one-hundredth of an ounce of gold. So if you're interested in having a look at those, they're exchange-traded commodities or exchange-traded stocks that represent the pure commodity. Gold, G-O-L-D, dot A-S-X. PM, P for Peter, M for Mary, gold, dot A-S-X, and that... And you can go in there and find out all about them. So some advantages and disadvantages on exchange-traded commodities? Look, uh, very similar to shares. You can buy, sell readily, subject to buyers and sellers. You can see the value at any time that the ASX operates. There is no storage. There's no worry about safety. Insurance usually tracks the specific metal price. And, of course, disadvantages. There's brokerage on buys and sells. There are management fees, and they could be about point. Five or half of one percent, uh, and they vary on the metal type. Um, also, no dividends, so you're really relying upon the price of the metal going up or the price of the metal going down. Either way, and having a buyer when you want to sell, and when you want to buy, having a seller who wants to sell. You're listening to Finance on Two and URFM seven two one. And Barry Preston, a question from your mailbag. And remember the email address to get your uh, question into Barry's mailbag is finance at 2NURFM.com. Now, Rick has asked you, if we're to believe that China and India and other countries want our commodities, things like copper and nickel, and really want them, in fact, why do the prices vary so much? Many years ago, uh, prices didn't vary. We're talking about commodities. We're talking about the hard commodities such as gold, silver, copper, uh, nickel, you know, the metal type commodities, not the soft commodities of grains and things like that food. But many years ago, prices didn't vary much at all. In fact, minimal changes in prices over many, many months. Now we have many more traders who are prepared to take on much more risk. Now, when I talk about a trader, a trader is only interested in one thing, buying whatever it is. It could be anything, pork bellies, but let's talk about copper. He or she or companies or big uh, investors are only interested in buying that copper on the basis that the price is going to go up, or they can short sell it. In other words, they sell and don't have it, and when the time comes to settle, they've got to produce it. So there are many, many more traders now. 
Um, and one, one aspect may be that uh, some may take a bite a day, but because of some political... Now, these are people that were going to hang on for a while. Some may take a bite, but because of some politician or some polit- political or, would you believe, weather event, they may exit the next day and take a loss. So there's so many other things forcing this. Just because the stock markets are getting spooked, strangely enough, then commodity prices get spooked. If stock markets are in a strong upward trend and feelings, the, you know, the, the, the feeling of greed and things are going to go up and everyone's optimistic, it is a good bet that commodity traders will also be optimistic. But it's probably like that game we played at school or at little birthday parties, five and six years old, pass the parcel. Vice versa, stock markets are falling, then commodities would also be falling. You, you don't want to end up with the last person with the parcel. Look, I've been following tin, a non, as I said before, a non-sexy metal, but one that's in demand and it appears to be increasing yet supply appears to be diminishing. But yet its price can fall five or six hundred dollars Australian or four or five hundred dollars a US in a day. Um, and it's been very, its price varies wildly. And over the last two months, it's been all over the place. Uh, previously to that, it had strong increases. So a lot of it is to do with emotions. And a lot of it's to do with could be the weather. Uh, somebody might say that China's inflation is getting out of control and they're going to tighten things down. Everyone thinks, oh, they don't need commodities. So bang, 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 let's sell. It's an emotional thing. You know, we humans are a weird mob, aren't we? <laughs> we certainly are a weird <laughs> mob. That's a good way to... <laughs> We're the ones that drive it all. Yeah, we are. And I suppose... Yeah, so would contracts for these commodities be uh, be negotiated on... Sort of not on a very long-term basis? So yes a, and no. There are contracts that go out 24 months and there are some of them a spot. I use the gold price overnight and I know I've on radio and I've often seen on TV that a lot of them are using three months ahead prices. I use the price that was sold in the London PM market overnight, as far as we're concerned. So I'm using the spot price. And uh, we might look at that one day. I've seen markets that are 12, 24 months ahead selling copper that's probably nearly $1,000 less than what it is now. Oh, gosh, yes. So you'd be good if you were buying. Well, then again, it could go up. I mean, who knows? This yes. is it. It's a lot of speculation, much, much, much more than we've ever had. Anyway, thank you safe. for that, Barry Preston. Thanks that brings for finance to a close today. Back next Thursday after the midday news on Two and URFM.